This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. Hello, this is Linda Tuck Chapman. I'm CEO of Third Party Risk Institute. Welcome to RMA's podcast series. Today's talk is about ESG and third party risk. So when you think about ESG, you probably don't necessarily think about third-party risk management, but there is a lot of buzz around ESG. So one of the uh, resources that you may want to read is U.S. Bank did a survey of CFOs and senior finance leaders. They were, they were shining a light on the shifting priorities and the business evolution. And they found that business is navigating a fine line between cutting costs and investing in the future with increased emphasis on issues involving ESG. So out of their survey, there are a couple of interesting statistics. One of them is that 71% of uh, executives' survey said that their focus on ESG has increased in the past 12 months. And according to U.S. Bank survey data, 50% of the finance leaders are assessing the environmental credentials of potential third parties and investments, and 45% are assessing the risk that climate change poses to the business operations and the supply chain. So obviously, it's not just the financial services sector that is interested in ESG. We're seeing this, obviously, from many different sectors, as uh, as, as illustrated in the, uh, the survey by U.S. Bank. Now, you're probably thinking that most of your emphasis today is on credit portfolios, and that's very, very true. I hosted a third-party risk management roundtable. It was a mini roundtable about ESG for third-party risk management executives in January. And there's some of them are actually starting to gather some information, but there's not really a clear path forward. So I want to share some ideas with you on how you might think about ESG and third-party risk in your institution. So first of all, I want, I want to just emphasize that many of your third-party relationships, that's your vendors and non-vendors, are truly strategic in terms of their impact on your organization and your reliance on them to deliver goods and services to your clients. So one of the things that we see emerging from ESG is much more focus on values alignment. You know, do the third parties you're doing business with have not just the controls you expect, but the values that would allow you to advance your own brand? Now, one thing we do know as we look forward to ESG and third-party risk is that our sector runs on exceptional risk management practices. We have so many capabilities. You know, there's we're, we know how to look at compliance risk, different types of emerging risk, geopolitical and climate risk, operational risk, talent management, etc. And I do want to just focus a little bit on the talent management side because. One of the things you want to think about when you are attracting and retaining employees is that they do too care about ESG and their values should be your values and your values should be their values in order to have that alignment and the support of your own employees. We're also super good at building purpose-built controls. All organizations these days seem to have a risk appetite statement that describes how much risks are prepared to take on. They have key risk indicators and thresholds for risks. They're re- really good at putting uh, uh, programs in place and monitoring uh, the risks after we've decided what we're prepared to accept. So when it comes to ESG, obviously E is for environment. Environmental risks range from the impact of climate to conservation, waste, and pollution. 
And one thing we saw during the pandemic is that news coverage of extreme weather events and images of clear skies over normally heavily polluted cities. It was These images were posted during the darkest days of the pandemic, and they were generally were raising awareness about the environment and ESG risk. So this is ble- this is really kind of bleeding over into regulators. We're seeing that regulators are looking at stress testing your portfolio from a climate risk perspective, the credit portfolio that is, and this will eventually move into third-party risk. As I mentioned, your employees are interested in ESG, consumers, investors, etc. So how will E for environment affect your rep- your your reputation and can some of your third parties cause you some reputational risk? And I would have to say the answer to that is probably yes. So the second area, S, is for social. Corporate social responsibility, or CSR, is a corporation's publicly stated values, charitable donations, volunteerism, diversity, and inclusion. And social responsibility goals are actioned through supplier diversity programs, often referred to as MWBE programs, minority and women-owned business enterprises. And we have seen that over the years that the focus on ESG has actually been extremely good for organizations and that you actually have, as organizations, been investing in ESG suppliers and have actually advanced uh, their ability to compete. And there's much, you know, it's just a good thing all around. Now, we also know that human resource practices should promote diversity and inclusion, and third parties must comply with laws prohibiting modern slavery. So as you start to think about social, think beyond MWBE and the impact of ESG, not just on your own people, but also on the employees of your critical third parties. And last but not least is G is for governance. So board members provide oversight for strategy and risk, and larger corporations are retrofitting their board accountabilities to enable effective uh, oversight of ESG risk. And as I said, I'm not entirely sure that this has hit third party, but it certainly will. So board oversight of risk and opportunities that have strategic value align with business strategies and have a significant impact on your objectives and commitments may soon include third-party ESG risk. And I would suggest that this is probably maybe about a year out, so it never hurts to get ready. So we do know what to do with third-party risk. And we know that risk starts with inherent risk, which is the risk in the absence of controls. We have to think about the required controls around ESG so that we can identify them and then evaluate them during due diligence. And the risk is obviously comes down to residual risk, the remaining risk that we are prepared to take on as organizations if we engage with the third parties. So we also know that it's very common that undetected risks are accepted just because we fail to identify the risk and we don't have a good evaluation process. So how will we do this for third party? So first of all, think about from your organization's perspective, what is the promise? What is your promise around ESG when it comes to third parties? What are your priorities? It's like everything else, you can't tackle everything. And it seems to me that climate risk is the one that most organizations are prepared to focus on because it ties in so nicely with the rest of their strategies and goals. You'll have to develop a framework because we really, <laughs> let's be serious, as a, as a sector, we really can't exist without frameworks. And if you don't have a framework, people honestly don't know where to go. So once you have a framework in place, you want to put the team in place behind you, identify use cases, and define what successful third-party ESG risk management looks like. And once you know that, it's pretty easy to develop the tools and processes and methodologies that sit behind that. You go out and you apply them to your third parties and then you monitor results. 
And that's really what the journey is all about. So you do want to create a workplace that reflects your values and your workplace does include your extended enterprise, those critical third parties that you just are so reliant on. So we know that we've talked about diversity and inclusion. We talked about uh, governance, corporate social responsibility, which was a big, big focus a few years ago. And if we focus on environment, we're looking about sustainable development. So you want to develop a powerful uh, value proposition that drives enterprise value by giving your risk-informed decisions, improve, making sure that you get good value for money. There's defined accountability for ESG and ESG risk. And you want to find ways to risk adjust your work effort because a one-size-fits-all, as we know, never works. And this will result in insight-based decisions and actions that protect your reputation, protect your shareholders, and protect your uh, protect your uh, um, uh, your protect you from uh, compliance risk. So there are lots of ESG resources that are available to you, and I draw your attention to the UN framework uh, for sustainable goals. So the UN framework is a really, really good place to start because they've already identified the 17 goals. And I think if you look to that framework, you can probably relatively easily develop your own ESG framework for your own organization. It's a really great place to start. There's also a lot of resources available for Risk Management Association. So there are 34 RMA journal articles on ESG. There are eight uh, blogs. There are three other podcasts, three white papers, a framework. I've done a webinar with uh, Jim Berg from US Bank. And there's also a member-led ESG consortium. In this month's RMA journal for March 2022, there's an article that I wrote, How ESG Risk Management Capabilities Impact Third-Party Risk. Uh, the OCC has a 2021-62A, Principles for Climate-Related Financial Risk Management for Large Banks. There's the International Sustainability Standards Board, ISSB, has really great resources they're putting out. Uh, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, if you Google that, it says 17 Goals for Sustainable Development. Uh, NASDAQ has an ESG reporting guide, and the EU Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation is out there as well. All to say is that we're super good at managing risk. We just need a path forward. And I hope that this, uh, this podcast has given you some ideas on how your organization could tackle the whole process of managing ESG risk when it comes to your third parties. So once again, my name is Linda Tuck Chapman. I'm CEO of Third Party Risk Institute, and thanks for listening.